0: The Fix Network. Hello and welcome
1: to the Filmmaker's Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk films and everything... <laughs> filmmaking from indie films to studio films and everything in between how to make them how to get them made and how to try not to Fuck it up. in our very humble opinion i have giles alderson i'm a writer director and a producer and you are dom Lenoir, writer producer director director question mark were you yeah. unsure about this yeah. now have you produced too many movies
2: i was thinking about the age-old conundrum of like giving too many like bows Adjectives. in your hat bows in your feather or, no that's not the one Wait. Uh, feathers in your bow or feathers yeah. in your hat. That, yeah. that might be it's it. putting the cat yeah.
1: among the pigeons, this, to say you're exactly. not a director. Yeah. On the show today... I'm very today- much a
2: director. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you are a director and Winter Ridge is out now. Go support Dom. Go watch it. It's cool. On the show today, we have the fantastic directors... And actors and writers, Jim Cummings and PJ McCabe. Woohoo! They are the co directors, co writers, and co stars of The Beater Test. Oh, Beta test. The better test. Beta test. Beta test. It's brilliant. It's such a Jim Cummings movie now. What I mean by that is if you haven't seen Thunder Road, then you're an idiot. The short film is one of the best short films you might see around. It blew up about three, four years ago, where Jim Cummings is a police officer at, I think it's his mum's funeral, the Thunder Road song, sung by Bruce Springsteen, who actually gave him the rights to it and loved uh, Jim's weird little face. Uh, and just said, yeah, yeah, I'll do don't we, all, it, don't we all? Don't we all? And then he went on to turn it into a feature film called Thunder Road. After that, he made the studio movie, The Wolf of Snow Hollow. And he's come back to his indie roots, this time co directing with PJ McCabe the beta test. Beta test. Yeah, you know, we dive deep into the differences between studio and indie film and the differences he had there, the issues he might have had when you're suddenly doing a studio movie for lots of money. They talk about acting and directing and how they did it, they talk about references, the pictures they used, how they got the funding for this movie and they also talk about lenses what lens size they like to use the best uh, and how Jim edited this film and sound mixed it he learned to do this on Adobe Audition they also talked about film festivals and making your day on set. It's an absolute treat. It's a doozy. This is Jim returning, the returning legend, the indie film legend who you should all aspire to be. And PJ wasn't in his PJs, but he was amazing. And he also had so much to say about the indie filmmaking world. And this is his debut directing movie. Uh, It's brilliant. And it was our first face-to-face interview
2: for very, very long time, actually, pre-COVID. About uh, and, two and, years. Know, literally, yeah, literally years. And it used to be so much fun to go into a studio and you'd have, like, the used PR people there. Sometimes <laughs> you'd get some biscuits, you know. I don't know. Sometimes yes. they went crazy. Yeah. Uh, and you'd, you'd look you'd look the filmmakers in the eye.
1: And I missed it. And we are a little giddy. I totally forgot about that, Dom. You're right. It was our first one for years. And we are a little giddy at the beginning. Bear with us. We all do talk all over each other. But As we're doing now. <laughs> As we're doing that but We haven't learned No, we haven't learned But because we have, we're not on Zoom anymore Everyone had a microphone Which meant you can't edit out someone on Zoom If Dom talks over me Which he does all the time I just cut him out And rightly so Toby, <laughs> a brilliant editor Rightly so, cuts the idiot out When you're you. in a room with people Charles is the idiot you can hear them in the background if you try and cut them out and you just hear yep. them talking over someone else. So bear with us because we're talking over each other. But Dom Lenoir, famous director that you are, giving you the turn back. Um, how are you? I'm very good. I'm, I'm, I'm in the enviable position
2: of being incredibly busy, um, <laughs> which is. It-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the enviable position. What the fuck? That was amazing. I really enjoyed that. I spat out my orange juice. <laughs> you did. I, I saw it. It was like
2: it was almost like slow motion. It's great that there's 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 multiple things sort of going on in the background. Tumbled through a very exciting but challenging shoot, jars. Uh, and yes. uh, yeah, I've been at film festivals and you know producing stuff in the background and you know meetings. You, you know how it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just been it's just been busy. Uh, and I think the whole industry is incredibly busy right now. And it's it's amazing that it seems to be everyone is. You know getting back on their on their feet and going out and making stuff I
1: think it's a great time for filmmakers right now to get out there and do stuff there's been no question about it it is busy out there things Mm. are happening jump on the coattails of people and get involved now if you're just starting out perfect time to be a production assistant on these movies on the TV shows they're crying out for people get involved yeah three-day millionaire that I've now finished uh, a week yeah there's no question about it It was a tough shoot but I mean, joyous. Now you've you've had time away from it, and you, you miss everyone, and you miss making a movie. Mm. And I, I, you know, we're now sorting out the post stuff. It's very exciting, but yeah, it's it's hard. There's no question about it. Producing movies is ridiculously hard, and you need to, you need. Eyes everywhere to make it work. It's um, there's no question about it. I'm going to dive. We'll dive into that. I think Jack Spring, the director, springs into action. Springs into action says that we're going to do a little podcast together coming up. A little chat about what we went through. So hopefully it'll still be raw and that'll all come out because there's a lot. There's a lot to learn. I learned a lot. In the meantime, we're jumping into Wolves of War edit. So my war, World War Two films. Stein Rupert Graves, Ed Westwick, Matt Willis. Uh, I'm jumping into that now properly because there's a full assembly done. So yeah. It's exciting times now we start working out what's next and I, and I will say
2: some exciting news the u.s travel corridor has finally opened uh, which will open on the 8th of november which yes. is fantastic news for a lot of people not for our film When the Screaming Starts, because <laughs> it means none of us can actually go out for the two amazing festivals that we have been selected to, except for our lead actor, Jared, who's based in the States, because we're playing at Telluride in the glorious mountains right now, which I'm incredibly jealous of. And then we're in Utah for Film Quest, which we also can't attend. So good news for you. Not so good news for me.
1: But if you're anywhere near those festivals, do go support uh, When the Screaming Starts. is ace. It's ace fun. It's a brilliant. cool horror comedy. Uh, Speaking of film festivals, I was down at the London Film Festival this week. What did I watch? I watched uh, Kenneth Branagh's Belfast. Thank you, Tony Cook. I really enjoyed seeing it and i enjoyed being around people and i enjoyed being in a huge cinema went to the after party as well of course i did and that was fantastic another film festival coming up this week is the london sci-fi film festival Mm. and the other movie i produced called repeat richard miller's epic sci-fi movie is screening premiere the london premiere it is on the 21st this thursday in the evening do come along links are all over my social media but hey if you're around in london come to the sci-fi London Sci-Fi Film Festival and come support Repeat. It's brilliant. It's a great movie.
2: And also, come along to see Alice Eve's new film, which I did my first ever solo interview with.
1: for the podcast. Which will be
2: coming out very soon. And it is called Warning. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's opening the festival. So hopefully you can watch both films.
1: There you go. London Sci-Fi Film Festival. The Hollywood actress Alice Eve is on the podcast coming up soon. Dom did his first solo interview. Hopefully he did really well. I've not heard it back yet. Uh, So yes, that coming up. And also, myself and Dom have just recorded an episode with uh, Axel Carolyn. She's going to be on next week for you, talking about her brand new film. The Manor. It's a co-production between Amazon and Blumhouse. It's cool as hell. It's part of the Welcome to the Blumhouse series of new horror films and Axel has just recently directed American Horror Story on TV. She goes in depth about that. That's coming up for you next week. It's Halloween uh, literally coming up. It's the perfect time to go watch The Dare if you haven't. So a little plug for The Dare. It's just been, it's a year literally today, yesterday, since the day it came out in the UK. Happy Halloween. You have no excuses not to go watch this movie now. It's Halloween. I think you can probably find it free somewhere, but it is on Sky Movie still, and it is on Amazon Prime. Love you guys. But now, sit back, relax. What else should they do, Dom? Uh, relax more. Don't relax. Go do something productive as you're listening to this. And this week's film... Take, week, take some coffee, be unrelaxed. <laughs> <laughs> with the fantastic PJ McCabe and... Jim Cummings, enjoy. This
3: is the first sort of in-person interview.
1: Really? Since lockdown. Oh, no way. The maiden
3: voyage yeah. since lockdown. Wow. This is great. It feels ball. weird. I'm honored, it is. Yeah. I feel like a chimpanzee. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know that. how to do something. Yeah. It was so bad when I first got back um, from quarantine, I had to act in a TV show called Dave. Uh, mm, it's brilliant. And it was, it was such a funny thing because it was the first time I was around a bunch of people again, and I didn't know how to end conversations. So I would just go, Bye. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or or end it like a phone call of like, okay, yeah, great. Okay, bye. Now take care. And like, uh, it's cool. so, so that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. So yeah.
2: I'm gonna walk bye. over here yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really hard, like, because it's it's a habit you have to build over years. Cause it, cause yeah, it's always awkward ending a conversation, especially if it's with a stranger. Yeah, right. but, you know, you, you, I mean, you've got the code red ones, like, oh, I, I'll go to the toilet. And then you have to actually go to the toilet to, <laughs> to leave the <laughs> yeah. conversation. Right. Exactly. If, if, if like exactly. a subtle boy, is not gonna work?
1: I think it's <laughs> hilarious that we. have we got so used to the Zoom things, and we can write yeah. notes. Yeah, but you not found, wear trousers. No wear trousers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What I found really strange is you'd have to keep looking into people's eyes. If you notice, yeah. we're all kind of doing it now. Yeah, like you did on Zoom, you'd sort of stare into that. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, yeah. Should,
2: we, should we try this for the whole time?
3: Just yeah, just, <laughs> just look at each other. We, yeah. yeah. right? Yeah. Wow. It's
1: proper the beta test, isn't it? Or the beta test? How do you pronounce it in America? In America, it's a beta. Beta. Beta, 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 beta test. Beta yeah. test. Okay. Yeah. It's an absolute pleasure to have you, uh, PJ and Jim. Jim, you've been on in the past. Thank and you for having me. Again. It, you were in London, and we were in obviously London, but yet the timers didn't work out. And we had to do it on Zoom. So I've never actually met you, but until you came until now, until now, and you came on our co- clubhouse rooms various times. That's right, that's right. And we chatted away there, and it was really fun. Uh, I hope but, I don't let you down. <laughs> no, you never let us down. It was yet. great. <laughs> yet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the beta test, right? Beta well, yes. yes. Wow. I loved it Oh good Okay cool I okay. really loved it and I also enjoyed it Yeah, yeah <laughs> it, was, it, was it was amazing we both of you Okay good good good, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah He like
4: did mixed feelings <laughs> Mixed <here>. feelings <laughs> Alright <laughs> It was fantastic It was Okay <laughs> good. Ah, Thanks guys yeah, Cool no, <laughs> good. I
1: loved it I loved the intensity Because it, especially In your previous films as well With that real intensity That on edge What the fuck's this guy Gonna do Yeah All the
2: time Even from the word go Like the, the first scene Like you know There's a woman Looking out on the balcony You just don't know What's gonna happen And there's this tension you but it doesn't make sense and you're like not giving the audience the answers and then you do you drip feed it yeah and, and you just, all the way through you're just like you know, is it gonna, is it gonna relax? And then you get a, a slight reprieve and then it's back into the okay, cool. intense psychological okay, cool. chaos. Yeah, it yeah.
4: doesn't really stop. It's, no. like yeah, yeah. We, we it's intense. It's yeah. really intense.
3: Forcing the audience to pay attention. Uh, and from that opening scene, so, so the, the film opens with this really graphic murder in Swedish, and it's really funny to get up on the microphone and say, uh, say, hey, it's a comedy, uh, enjoy <laughs> the film. And then, and then it starts out in Swedish and people in the audience are like, am I in the right fucking movie? Like, is this, is yeah. this right? It's really funny. Yeah, I bet, because Swedish as well, what, why? I mean, I throwing it in at the start. Do you not, do
1: you not like Swedish people? <laughs> we
3: wrote the film, it was supposed to be Italian. It was, it was. Uh, we wrote it, it was like this Italian couple. And um, and we have been watching all these Giallo films from back in the day, a lot of like early Dario Argento, and so much of the violence in that sequence is inspired by Giallo films. Um, and so we wrote it as Italian. I speak a little Italian. I was like, oh, this could be interesting. And then we met Malin Barr, who is Swedish, not Italian. but I was like, oh, Malin would be really good. And then she said, oh, my boyfriend's also Swedish and he's a very decent actor, we should try it out. And so it's her boyfriend, Christian uh, Hilberg, is the co-star in the film, and they're a real couple in real life. And so, and they're the loveliest Swedish people in the world, the kindest, actually good friends of ours. And so the whole time we're watching this couple murder each other, we're <laughs> laughing. Like, like, we're just like, yeah. I can't believe it's working. I can't believe people are believing that this violence is happening. And people in the audience are fucking
4: horrified. They're like, oh my God. Yeah, it's he like that every screening we're in, the the just laughing. Scene. Jim and I are in the back, just. <laughs> Like Giggling. Dying, even And everyone's just like, oh my God, this is so graphic. We're like, yeah, it's it, funny. It's to, like the most about. graphic murder in any movie, I think. We
3: just like brutalized this person in the opening. So you're like, the audience is like, what am I watching? It was literally serial
2: killer levels of like, yeah. you know, the entry wounds and like the way it was done. though. was yeah. Something yeah. like really just
3: yeah. horrible to watch. About. A lot of David Fincher inspiration for okay. that yeah. sequence. Yeah, but yeah,
4: yeah. I, yeah, why do I think it was important to show other international couples uh, you know, that these themes of lying and cheating and infidel, I mean, that spans all cultures and all that, yeah. so. Especially uh, no, Sweden. I think, I think yeah, <laughs> especially <laughs> Sweden. Don't <laughs> yeah, get <they're>, me started on <laughs> <in> the Sweden. Everyone's gonna think we genuinely have a problem with Sweden. I <laughs> love Sweden. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we
1: do, I love Sweden. Yeah. Shot there many times, I fucking love Sweden. Okay, it's yeah. amazing. Good, 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 it's good. amazing. Good. But yeah, we're, we're filmmakers as well, and me and Dom actually separately have just wrapped on yeah. a feature film each separately. I finished wow. two days ago, oh, one wow. day
0: ago, yep. and you finished. Wow. So my head's yes. spinning yeah. right now.
3: I'm. Yeah. Fucked. Do you honest. have this thing? Yeah. So when I finish a film, my fiance has to convince me that I don't have more shots to get in the middle of the night. Yep. i wake up and I'm like, oh, I still <laughs> have these three shots. Yeah. And it's literally every night I go to sleep and I wake up and I'm like, oh, I still have these three shots. I gotta get these three shots. And she's like, you don't have those three shots. And there were times when I'm so cognizant of it, yeah. but I'll walk into the bathroom to pee and and I'll say, oh, I gotta get those three shots. And I know Julia told me I didn't, but she has no idea what she's talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <It's laughs> like, like, she wasn't on it's set. It's so <laughs> yeah. messed up. Your brain is screwed yeah. up for the next several weeks. It's basically it's basically dry, dry, yeah. I
1: screamed out in the middle of the night I think maybe the third Daddy <laughs> <laughs> daddy, like, daddy where's my daddy
0: <laughs> that was just two true, true story,
1: yeah, true story. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's um, all the time though, after yeah. my debut movie I literally for must have been about two months did that and I'd wake up sweating full cold sweat and go the bed's in the way we you've got to move in Germany, gotta move. <laughs> in Germany as yeah, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. got to move the bed now get out of it what are you doing in it we've got to get the shot and it was horrendous it just doesn't leave you does no. it so I'm in that zone right now yeah, I'm so. I'm so Sorry, zone, but I think. know, it,
3: yeah, I mean, but at least you got it done. And yeah. W- and w- in waking life, you're not, you don't have the shell shock of Yeah, it's very
4: relieved though. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, it's just like, wow, we actually got that crazy thing. Cause I mean, it felt so daunting knowing we had to shoot all this stuff and it was such weird things we had to shoot. So yeah. there's a sense of relief. I don't know, for sure. Uh, for my first feature, it was just nice mm. to be like, wow,
3: we actually yeah. got it. The thing that I've noticed that helps is having the script, a copy of the script that you can do like a yeah. Sharpie cross off of the scenes that you yes. do. And uh, it's uh, like, right. okay, so yeah. I only have these yeah. left. Like, it's actually cleansing of the brain. Yes. Yeah. It's like a list, isn't it? Like, yes.
2: Lists are so satisfying, even if it's a never ending list. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, I've done something.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you can cross off the things that you've done. It's very exactly. satisfying. Yeah. 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 On, that, I'm, on that debut film, and I wish I'd still done it, is I did a, a video blog every night.
3: Mm. Oh my god!
1: It's great for behind the scenes as well. But just explaining what I'd done, what went wrong, what I needed to do tomorrow. Oh, cool. And then I could sleep. This was still this was nervous breakdown uh, three hundred and forty-two. I mean, yeah, yeah. Do, people don't go into this enough about how much of a nervous breakdown you can possibly have making a feature film. And afterwards it's it's traumatizing.
3: It really is. So so for the Wolf of Snow Hollow, mm. I can actually speak to that. This is a confession. But like <laughs> uh we got it greenlit before the script was very good. I had written the script before I had written the feature of Thunder Road, so I wasn't a feature a feature film maker by the time mm. I had written the script you look. and then they were like oh werewolf movie sure you're greenlit and i was like Oh fuck, now it has to be really good. Yeah. And so then I I literally dead, yeah. was up for 3 weeks. I like couldn't sleep for 3 weeks because I was like this is the I have 2 million dollars I have to make this movie. That's so much fucking money. Yeah. I have to it has to be very good. It has to be very good. And so I wasn't sleeping, my fiance was not sleeping. I was like taken out a cabin in Virginia to write this fucking thing. And then after <laughs> the movie, we shot it and uh, some of the scenes weren't working together. Was, uh, the, the studio was pulling at the threads of the sweater, like moving scenes around. And I'm the writer, actor and director and when the studio head says oh, this should move around, he doesn't get made fun of on Twitter for the movie not being dead. Nobody knows that guy's fucking name. So it becomes this identity crisis of like you're the lead actor in the film mm-hmm. people are going to make fun of me on the internet and I was like it has to be really good and so it becomes this huge I'm happy with the movie now I'm very happy I'm yeah, uh, that the, the, the movie's dope so. um, but but at a certain point in the edit like it's not it's not working and it's not good I'm not good mm-hmm. and then you have all of this self-doubt and inadequacies it's fucking brutal in yeah, the brain you were
4: brutally stressed it was over bad. that one yeah, and I, you and were I there was, for yeah, it yeah and I was just um, you know where you were writing this and other stuff and he was just losing his mind in the post-process and we watched cuts I mean like, this movie's great. It's it's a lot of fun. Why oh, are you freaking out? It sounds were, very nice, PJ. Yeah, it was a very nice experience yeah, I mean, to watch. But the again, way. you're right. I wasn't the lead actor on that, and <laughs> I had less to lose than yeah, you did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got to but, dick around on it set. Would be, yeah, yeah. I had to work. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It
1: is frightening. There's no question about it. And no one really realizes, like you say, execs will come in and go, just change that or just switch this up. Or, this here's my identity. Yeah. yeah. And you're the one who gets the shit. And yeah. it was like being at school again. You're like, you've got your pants down or something. Exactly. And Someone's mocking you. It's not like the same thing. It's
3: the same lobe of the Brother brain Abin that gets hit. I yeah. Yeah. Really, really, really and and a, a, a And also really realize that's what the film is about. Yeah, it's yeah, true. Exactly. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I just take my clothes off in this film and yeah. it was fucking brutal. brutal. It's like, but it's that same feeling of shame and like, oh no. And it's it's all of this horrible cacophony of identity crises and real nervous breakdown. PJ said Jim was going crazy over it, but it is true. Like that's that's a nice catchphrase, but like to actually feel like you're losing your mind and your grip on reality, it's so brutal. Do you, do you do you feel like that's that's also in part due to the kind of film
2: that you're making? I mean, like you know, let's go, let's go back to yeah, the, the current the current one. Like your your character, you know, is so highly strung, so wired, like so toxic in, in a way. Yeah and under such immense pressure in his character. Uh, I mean, it's a brilliant kind of allegory of like, you know, the American system, um, yeah. I, I guess like of where it's, where it's gone and maybe where it's heading and like a kind of an ironic look at it. But I mean, as, as an actor, like how, how do you... Does that does that kind of influence you, like in, in the filmmaking process? Like, is it
3: is it difficult to kind of be in those shoes all the time? I mean, really, I, this is the hardest I've had to act in the movie because, like, I'm not like <laughs> I'm not like Jordan at all. It. Like, it's, yeah. it's a, it was a difficult performance of like I'm not like this kind of facade uh, bullshit person. Um, hopefully, uh, yeah, I, I yeah, say that he's now. Exact, yeah. exactly the same, yeah, exactly exactly the 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 same as the yeah, same sure. yeah. You keep telling yeah. yourself my yeah. other yeah. characters are so lovely and they have like hearts of gold. Like, I think the character in Thunder Road is a very nice guy who has good yeah. intuitions. And and then Jordan Hines in the beta test is such a prick and like mm. and like just a failure mm. of a person, just incredible,
4: um, like not likable, not likable at all. It's basically, true.
3: until yeah. he admits all of his lies, and then it's like, okay, good. I, I, that's yes. why I'm sticking around. Looks like The
1: Truman Show in a way.
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah exactly, <laughs> yes. exactly. Um, so, so no, I, I feel like like I, I was most stressed out doing The Wolf of Snow Hollow because it was so big. With this one, it was very easy. Like I, because it was such a performance of like, oh, this isn't me. This uh, is a okay. Guy, it's separated. I it, it, it felt free. Yeah, uh, nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. and the same with you yourself
4: yeah i mean i i don't know i feel like there was a lot of me kind of being the guy connecting to the audience and it was yeah. kind of more mm-hmm. uh i don't know i played yeah. kind of the more straight agent who was hopefully a little more likable i mean so it's sort of <laughs> yeah <laughs> i guess in a sense but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. uh i don't know i mean i for this it was fun because it was just jim and i kind of playing off each other and uh you know, kind of, there was a little bit of our own sensibilities, but yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like for me, it was more just kind of playing more of the straight agent. Uh Yeah, we wanted to do that, to, to have
3: that dichotomy of like me being an absolute lunatic. And then when PJ says, "Are you, you're acting like a lunatic, the audience <laughs> is like, that's what I've been thinking the whole time. And so it's like, yeah, it becomes yeah. this payoff catharsis. And it's so fun to watch a movie, watch the movie with the audience. Cause like in the cinema, when PJ goes, are you, fu- are you well, this is fucking nuts. Like it's happening. <laughs> yeah. And everybody the laughs. Like, like, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah, I'm really
4: glad somebody said Something. it's really funny
3: but. yeah
1: yeah so that was so that wasn't because obviously you're directing and acting together yeah. in yeah. this film yeah and you're both playing you know lead roles let's say yeah um how was that how do you actually had how, how let's go back a little bit how did you arranged to do that? Was yeah. that always
3: something you wanted to do? And then how did it actually work on so set? In the beginning, we just started writing it out loud like this, it was just like talking and bullshitting and a thousand conversations that, that made this Google document that PJ wrote of like what the scenes would be. And then mm-hmm. we organized it a bit and then we started writing it, but when we're writing it, it's all out loud. And so we were already directing the scenes, but it was just in the writing process. Mm. So it was like, oh, let's just fucking co-direct it. Like, let's just do it together. Why don't we do that? And I had never done that before really, but it was, I was like, all right, well, fuck it, let's just do it. And then it was just relatively easy to work together. I mean, we're best friends in real life and it was
4: just kind of fun. It never felt like work. Yeah, there was never like a conversation. It was just, it just kind of happened fluently. We are just like, yeah, I don't know, Let's just, it's more just like co-creating this project and what yeah. other things, yeah.
2: yeah. And, and where, where did your kind of idea for this this come from? I, I mean, are you, are you completely sort of, I mean the way the film sort of presents it like you're kind of against like what the what your character sort of stands for you know is that holy yeah. against <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah yeah I mean holy. is that from like all personal experiences or sure. yeah okay let's, no comment
1: well let's talk about what the film is about and then and yeah. then let's yeah, answer yeah, sure, that sure, question sure, sure. Do you mind just giving us a little sure. pitch we'll play yeah. the
3: trailer so the movie the movie's about this talent agent who is going through hell and he gets a letter in the mail he's getting married soon um and the letter invites him to a no strings attached sexual encounter in a hotel room uh, and he goes just like, like this one <laughs> yeah, yeah. legitimately we're sitting in a hotel room that looks a lot like God, the I one from the it fucking actually, film yeah. may even be this yeah. hotel room and here we are I'm glad you guys came again
4: got the blindfolds Yeah.
3: Um, uh, but yeah no so it's about this guy who gets a letter and he goes and it's incredible and then he never gets another letter and it kind of is this rabbit hole of him going down trying to find out who would have sent the thing and who the admirer is and then he kind of loses his mind a bit. And it's a bit like Chinatown. There's like this weird detective story. There's a lot of violence throughout the film. And all the while, his world is falling apart because the eight, literally, there's like the buildings are falling apart. Um, But the landscape of Hollywood is changing so quickly because of technology. Um, And we don't understand why until the end a bit, but it's, yeah, that's what the movie's about. What are we doing here? A couple of weeks ago, I got a letter in the mail inviting me to a no strings attached sexual encounter in a hotel room. It's pretty card, looked official. I don't know. I was stupid. I went.
4: What, dude? This is nuts.
3: I'd wear a blindfold, but the woman—I
4: <laughs> can't even tell you. Wait, 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 wait! What's going on here? Hold on. Wait, this is really happening? You really did this? In this climate?
3: Honey, is anything going on? We're getting married in like six weeks. If anything were going on, I'd let you know.
4: Now I'm suspicious of everyone. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's my wife. People are so terrified of stepping out of line. Consequences? Won't go away anymore. Come on, Jacqueline. Was I taken off of the email chain with Marvel? This is a
3: failure. I can't use the language that I'd like to use to you right now because of the new direction that the agency and the country is going. I'm fine. Everything's great with me. This isn't a midlife crisis. I'll let you know when I'm having one of those. <laughs> hey, Jacqueline. Perfect timing. So how are you gonna come in tomorrow? Let's call today a wash, okay? How are you gonna look tomorrow when you come in? How are you gonna convince me today that you're better at your job tomorrow? Jacqueline.
4: I think maybe now is a good time we all take a break and, and reassess what it is we're doing here.
2: I mean, I, I mean, I, I, it, it's such it's such an absorbing film, and it, I mean, maybe these are rogue references, but I, I kind of felt a little bit of the kind of Silver Lake vibes and the Silver, oh, the Silver Lake, Lake sure. and, and a little bit of the game where it's like where yeah, he's he, sure. where, where he's like inside these kind of this world that just is is spinning out of control, and, and it's like you know yeah. reality sort of crushes into fantasy. Yeah. Uh, and it just becomes this kind of crazy roller coaster ride.
3: Yeah, we wanted to do that like PJ's is a huge fan of Chinatown and like th- that's that film is so this like singular thing of watching this guy figure out what's going on and putting things together and it's fulfilling by the end of it. Like that's what a good detective story is. And so that's kind of the engine of the movie is the who done it and who's fucking yeah. with me. we
4: love the Fincher, Seven, Zodiac mm, type films yeah. and like these I love noir films and so it was kind of yeah. doing that but I don't know, let's do yeah. goofy it's Chinatown. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like
3: the game as an erotic comedy. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's another tagline to you. I just said that. Yeah, yeah. It it's the game as an erotic comedy. <laughs> yeah. I'm in, I'm yeah, in. For I sure. I'd
1: sell that. And obviously then jumping back to that, I suppose Dom's question in terms of that character, he's an agent, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You're mocking Hollywood in a way and mocking that lifestyle and, and it, not mocking it. Maybe that's the wrong word.
3: You're playing into those characters. I'm describing it.
1: Yeah. You're describing. There's, there's mm. a
3: line in the film that we wanted to steal because of that of like, um, I'm not insulting you, I'm describing you. Mm. And these people mm. get so offended by that description of how they actually are. Yeah, it's not, it's not necessarily an insult to Hollywood. It's just saying this is how it is. We did all of this fucking research. We felt like Woodward and Bernstein a bit of like interviewing people investigatively and getting testimony of what it's actually like in the fucking world. And and it's also a comedy. So it's like it's basically the most humiliating experience of like like watching this film as an agent, it must be like that. It must be mm-hmm. um, the the ultimate humiliation. And it's great because nobody has ever done that before. Nobody's actually, apart from Robert Altman, um, attacked the people who are the powers that be. Yes. You know, it's like, it, people are terrified to do that. And we're like, fuck it, South Park does it, let's just do it. And I love that. I love the fact that you were
1: so brave with that. And I suppose Dom touched on that earlier about, was this from experiences. And obviously after Thunder Road, and certainly, you know, sort of blazing this trail of indie filmmaker going fuck it. This is what I'm doing.
3: Yeah, that's our fucking job. Yeah, As right. filmmaker, our job yeah. is to say fuck Hollywood. Totally. You know? like, yeah. right? And, and it's, it's funny that like I, I accidentally we became those people. Yes, you did. That's what we want. At the end of the film, we want it, the film to be this kind of inoculation to people where they'll look at the film and say, that's what a talent agent is, which mm-hmm. is fucking hilarious, mm-hmm. if that's the case. Yeah. Um, and that you can make a movie by completely circumventing the system. You don't need these things. Like we we proved that. We ran a WeFunder campaign. We raised the Funds entirely from strangers on the internet. Which incredible, Is mm. amazing. Um, we raised yeah, well 350 done. grand. Uh, we made the movie for 250. And we kept were able the hundred. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm wearing a very nice suit. 100k each. you like personal wages. Yeah. yeah I'm wearing a gold suit. Actually, for people that can't see me, <laughs> I can barely um, see. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah it's so bright in here. Uh, no. No. Um. So yeah, we, we were able to completely dodge Hollywood and making it. We made it entirely in secret. We finished the film in my garage. What? We got. We got. Uh. We got a 5.1 surround sound system. From Guitar Center um, because they have a 45 day <laughs> return policy. <laughs> yeah. And we mixed the film in 44 days. Love um, this. It was amazing. It was, it was like it, it, that system, it was, it was how we had to make this film because the movie's about Fuck Hollywood. We couldn't mm. have made no, it. Nobody, yeah.
4: nobody was going to, no studio was going to no. green light this script. I mean, if we no. had gone around pitching this ridiculous story about the envelopes and everything it, it no would have been a daydream. Talent. And, and never so many people it.
3: fall into that shit. Like, y'all mm. are making movies, mm. and so many people, friends of ours, spend their whole time decades of their youth talking about making movies instead of actually doing it. Yeah. It's like, you can do it now. It doesn't have to be a Spielberg set. It doesn't have to be fucking enormous. Mm. You can do it with your friends in your backyard if you want to. Of course you can. But how, how did you go from doing the, the two million? Pound film
1: with Wolf yeah. of Snow Hollow to then jumping back down to sort of that indie film level
3: immediately into a two hundred fifty thousand dollar movie. As soon as I realized, as soon as I realized I wasn't going to have a final cut on the film of the Wolf of Snow Hollow, I was like, oh I, "Oh, I have to do something great. I have to do, I have to do another film." And so we immediately started the We Founder campaign. We raised the funds, and so it was this weird overlap that I had of like delivering the film, doing the final sound design while yeah. we were gearing
4: up to shoot. Uh, this movie yeah. it was it was not ideal but it worked out thank god we did because we got it in right before the pandemic yeah. so thank god we didn't push it was such yes. a dream doing. to oh, have
3: yeah. to have both of them where it's like cool I'm making one for them and one for me mm. uh, and we got to do it together and, and but it maybe was like, maybe there won't be one for them after this <laughs> <laughs> I, don't they, I don't know if they will call
4: us yeah it yeah, yeah, yeah. depends who they is. But yeah. the other thing
3: is they will. I think I think well and also yeah. the cool people will. Like, yes, the, that's the, it. the people yeah. the people yeah. will call it's us and it's a joke. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a comedy. It's a comedy about face-sitting. Yes. a fucking Come sense on. Of humor. And yeah.
1: they'll say, oh, it's not about me. It's exactly. the other yeah. race. Exactly. It's just the exactly. other managers. managers. But, but
3: also, I think that there's going to be like studio executives and development executives who will ha- have been waiting for this film for 20 years of like, I fucking hate this shit in Hollywood. And they'll be able to speak to us honestly in a way that they usually can't. And yeah, that's yeah. very freeing. I mean, it's the abusing
2: people, isn't it? Like that, that, that behavior is becoming like, I mean, it should have been a while ago, but it's becoming extremely unacceptable. Right. And, and I think, you know, you, your film, what it does is it, it goes in. You've had little snippets of it and other stuff. You had like Ari Gold from Entourage, and you had sure. like Tom Cruise from Tropic Thunder, but like, yeah. they're all like these caricatures, and they're they're in there for a split second, and you, you're like, oh, that's funny. Haha, <laughs> moving on. This just goes in. This intermission was brought to you
1: by Massive. Massive. Hey Robbie!
0: Hey Jiles.
1: As we all know by now, Robbie has thankfully left us and joined a huge movie studio one which shall not be named that's not a because there is hor- <laughs> that's what she said there his horrible boss has tasked him with developing movie pitches so as always, I help you out because I'm obviously ridiculously talented with this kind of thing. Of course, so, yeah. um, what do you need help with this
0: week? Come on. Well, you remember Sprout Boy? Well, of course. Of course I remember Sprout Boy. Your greatest creation. One of them. I mean, he's Marvel. They've they come back to us. They want more. They want more Sprout what? Boy. Yeah. do they, well, they want a sequel. Well, exactly. Yeah, Sprout Boy Returns. Get in. Here's the thing. He mm-hmm. needs a villain. We need a, oh. we need a villain character. What is Sprout Boy's nemesis? Captain Carcinogen. A.K.A.
1: Frankfurter Man Previously known as Meat Boy Uh. And it... He's going around killing all vegetables, especially ones that make sulfur-like smells. And are hated by children. Wow. But really, they know they're good for them. So let's say Sprout Boy has opened up a new, I don't know, plant-based kiosk at Motway service station in Peterborough. Of course. It's the next logical step for him. And it's there where Captain Carcinogen has started a riot by trying to deep fry Sprout Boy oh, no. with chicken liver gravy. Oh, no. But thankfully, Sprout Boy's car has a mind of its own, and then using non aggressive, non binary, non dairy fuel attacks Captain car Synogen I That's what did there. With the car and a carrot, and he places it deep inside him and he saves the day.
0: This <laughs> <laughs> is great! I mean, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I'm passing it on to my boss now. He's going to love it. Charles, I don't know how you do this. You're like the script doctor. You're the script wizard. Thank you. It's amazing. I'm going to take this to my boss now. It's going to get greenlit. Sprout Boy 2 coming to a theatre near you.
3: Hello, Sproutlets. I have a question, and my question is this. What's very yummy, wonderfully wiggly,
1: and puts a smile on your face first thing in the morning? Sprout Boy 2. Carcinogenically modified for you this Christmas. If you have a massive movie idea or any large files, transfer them with Massive, spelled M-A-S-V. Sending a large file with Massive is as easy as sending an email. Sign up for Massive today using Massive.io forward slash filmmakers pod and get 100 gigabytes free towards your transfer. I can see more and more sequels sprouting off all over the place.
3: And it's also in, endearing characters. It's, it's people afterwards we're like, wow, that guy's cool. Like yeah Gold is like, wow, that guy's powerful. Yeah, yes. exactly. It's so gross. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, and and, um, and we, we, is we, we wanted getting, to do it? the opposite of Entourage. We wanted to make it look like the most humiliating. The Hollywood suits, well, you've even got a line in there about
1: it as well. You know, you mentioned Entourage in the film, yeah, which is yeah, yeah. really funny. It's like you're playing <laughs> on that.
3: Uh, were you allowed? You know, it's those type of things. It's, you- I love that. Okay, that's great to hear. So like as an audience member, it feels like they're getting the power back of like, if you're able to laugh at the film um you feel like you're more powerful than these powerful people these people that have been powerful for the last hundred years or whatever and it's so great to be in an audience where they're laughing at that stuff of yeah. like yeah fuck fuck our entourage fuck these people it feels like they're getting a bit power or a bit of power back and it's great so yeah let's
1: let's go back to then you've had this idea and you've managed to raise the money yourself yeah. just because of the experience of the last film necessarily or just because you want to get back to that indie filmmaking side yeah you've now gone let's do this together you've managed to raise the money real quick how then did you go about shooting it? because that's always the bit that filmmakers want to know raising the money is always tough but yeah you're in a position now where you could potentially do that and also how do you do it as
2: a director and actor yeah like do you take it in turns look at the monitor like, how's that work yeah i mean
4: it's kind of we're kind of all over the place i mean with the literally, doing, so I like literally sprinting, yeah. sprinting. You add that that's the press release yeah <laughs> no i mean it was it was great no i mean obviously you know jim was you know in front of the camera a lot so it was nice for me to be able to kind of direct him behind yeah. camera and vice versa but yeah, I mean, really, run around, I'm running around with a script, making sure, like, you know, we have all, all the details right and everything. And yeah. He's running around, talking to our, our DP, getting the shots all set. Yeah. And it's really splitting duties, kind of whatever needs to be done.
3: Yeah, suspiciously, it, it ran really well. Was, so, like, it, yeah. it was the same producer's uh, Vanishing Angle who made my last two features, and they're friends. And so, we, we wrote the script, and we raised the funds, and they were like, well, give us the script. Let's, let's start breaking it down. Natalie Metzger started breaking it down, doing a line item budget. Um, Benjamin Wiesner started finding locations was like very quick it was like cool i guess we're gonna make this movie in november you yeah, know it
4: happened really fast it happened really fast uh, well, we realized oh we have the money now we have to make it we have it. to do it yeah kind of scary because it was yeah. like dude what did we just write yeah exactly <laughs> now we <laughs> have to, be, to take this, all my clothes off is this is gonna be fucking uh, awful many times. yeah we actually have to <laughs> shoot this crazy thing yeah
1: okay let's see how it works but there's also that pressure though actually shooting it because it's yeah. always, there's so many filmmakers or oh, filmmakers who want to make a feature who go, I could do that. Why aren't I doing that? Give me the chance. But when that chance comes to you, it's fucking frightening. Yeah, because now, so. and you've said it as well, I it's like, it. you've now got to deliver, like you said on Wolf Hall, there's a lot of money at stake. It's your yeah, reputation. Yeah. And yeah. same with this one, you're suddenly going, Oh my God, people are expecting something. I could never work again. This is frightening. If anything,
4: this was oh, yeah. scary because we had investors. I mean, this yeah. is mm. like this, this film had to do well yeah. or we were never going to get another chance at this. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Kind of, this kind of was the beta test yeah. of a project, like yeah. the actual like process of making this. And then
3: I feel all of this weird guilt of like, you know, helming independent film that I shouldn't feel, but like we, <laughs> we did this we WeFunder <laughs> and I was like, this could be the future of independent film. And so like, I have, I shoulder that fear that feeling i feel like i'm fucking atlas or something yeah <laughs> but like but like it, it has to work because i've, I've spread the rumor that it this can work suck. it can't suck. <laughs> yeah. it has to be very yeah. good yeah. and i want to make sure that we build a highway that is functional for independent filmmakers so they don't have to go through the same stupid fucking bullshit that we did for yes. the last 10 years yeah. Yeah. knocking
4: on it's these like, giant gates and just praying to get a glimpse and yeah. it's like no you can circumvent that you you don't have to wait yeah for 10 years for someone to just read Something that you wrote when no that one it's, ever that's reads. it. really good. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. really great. Yeah. And just just do it. Just do it yourself. Totally. Yeah. Don't wait. And that's yeah. really
1: nice that you guys have done that. Especially with all, well, certainly yourself doing with all those films and now with this with the beta test. It's like fuck the system. We're doing our <laughs> own thing. But I love that. that's what we sort Let's of throw do. some chairs out the window. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no, I, not I, not this hotel. It's actually yeah, this yeah. Is my car down there. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I well, you don't I, have a car. <laughs> yeah. All right. You got yeah. me. You got me. But that's what it's about. Bicycle. (laughs) that's all I can afford right now especially after just wrapping a film independent film but as independent filmmakers (laughs) one kidney down too, exactly (laughs) two two kidneys down there Um, that's what we have to do as indie filmmakers is to get out there and do it and fly the flag. And it's something we always talked about yeah. on this podcast, why we wanted to do this was literally break down that whole Hollywood system and say, fuck that shit. Here's how we make films. Here's how you do it. Try and raise money however you can. Yep. And then go out and make the best film you can with the resources and the people you can. And you've done that.
3: That's what's really interesting. It's, it's funny. I was talking to Miguel uh, Faust, who's a filmmaker in London. We hang out with him last night and he was telling us about people who make movies and the people who talk about making movies. Yes. And there are people who like that, ca- that say they're a Writer director, not because they enjoy writing directing, they just want to be a writer-director. Yeah. Um, and it's a very difficult thing where like, that opportunity, that, that fear that you talk about, the fear of getting greenlit, mm. where it's like, you get greenlit and then you're like, oh shit, now I actually have to make the thing, is the thing that people are actually scared of. They don't wanna make the movie they've been talking about for 10 years. They want somebody to come along and do all of the hard work of producing it and giving them the money and call them a genius. And it's like, that's never gonna happen. That is a daydream. And I, I remember I saw Cresha, this film uh, by Trey Edward Schultz in 2015 in in South by Southwest, and he made it with his family for 35 grand in his backyard. And it's a masterpiece. And I was like, "This is the beginning of independent film for me." Like, like you know, Thunder Road cost 190 grand, but there's a weird guy in Texas who made this fucking movie for nothing and made this beautiful human comedy uh, tragedy. It's and and anybody can do that. Like any like anybody who's who's building a startup company can raise 35 grand to make something or 20 grand or whatever. Um, and that's possible. It felt like it was the first time that it was really possible for everybody when I saw that film. Mm. And I think it is. I think
1: and we have like I say we do talk about this a lot and it's whatever you can get a hold of and we say this to our listeners and we bang on about it go make your film make it happen and i love that this is what you guys have done here yeah you know the better test is I actually really love it. I think it's That's fucking beautiful. Oh so yeah. I know. Gotcha. I'm a fan yeah. gotcha. <laughs> again. <laughs> gotcha. Um,
4: but what you've done is really sort you've you've done something. Very, it's very original. It's original
1: and it's fascinating. It keeps
4: you guessing. That's what I want to hear the most. are uh, saying this is like it's it's a very unique voice and It's mm. I want like people to go to the theater and, see and be like I've never seen anything like that before. That was a no. weird one. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad to hear you say that. That's it, it,
2: good. It's it's rare to get a film where it keeps you guessing but it's not confusing. Using <laughs> okay, like, good, which, good. which I think that's which I think relieved. is what like Fincher does well with you know stuff like the game that I mentioned yeah, earlier yeah, yeah. is like you you're desperate to find out what next but you feel like you're in a mystery. It's not satisfying. something that doesn't make sense. Yeah, unlike yeah, yeah. I mean, a Christopher <laughs> Nolan movie yeah. where yeah, yeah,
1: you're yeah, going, yeah. I really want to know and I still don't know. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's yeah, yeah. right,
4: Christopher. Yeah,
3: is everyone still asleep <laughs> yeah. or what's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, Robert Pattinson yeah. said when they were making Tenet. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. want to know, but I still don't understand what the fuck is going on in this. I mean,
2: I think I think one of the things that that really keeps the mystery as well is like the the humor is very understated like you don't go for cool. like big laughs like th- there are laughs.
3: There's only and one it, big laugh yeah. uh, and it's when there's a moment where my assistant uh, says this thing to me and then I'm questioning it in oh, this yeah, montage yeah, yeah. and I'm thinking <laughs> yeah. like did she actually say that <laughs> yeah. and then at the end of the montage I go no she said it yeah. and then it just cuts to the next scene <laughs> yeah. of me confronting her That's and brilliant. it's like yeah. so ridiculous and so but it, immediately everybody in the yeah. audience laughs. It yeah. it, it's the it, biggest it. laugh it, of the movie. It, it,
2: it's hilarious but what I mean is it's, it's not like those sort of cheap like Hollywood comedy laughs like where it's like we're yeah. making a joke like yeah, the yeah. characters even you know, they were very serious when they're making the jokes. They're just they're themselves, but they're so ridiculous that I they're think, funny.
3: I think that's what's so amazing about like media literate audiences. Like the like when you screen it at a at Fantastic Fest or something like that, um, a genre festival, audiences are perverts, but they also <laughs> know <laughs> Fantastic Fest, everybody. <laughs> the, the language of cinema, so that when you make that joke of showing my character in a full montage thinking about something, to then end it with me going, "No, she's." at it they understand that like they're laughing with the writers of the film it's not like yeah they're, they're not really thinking about the characters they're like oh that's ridiculous that they made the movie this way you know it's like it's a very special way to make movies and you, I feel like you yeah. can do that you can do that now you can afford to be special. subtle and make a make a joke that is a meta
4: joke about the film I'm laughing because it's satisfying it's like a satisfying setup and yeah. payoff in the scene and it's yeah. fun to see that as an audience member be like loving the craft and the structure of yeah. the story and be like it's working I think it's why we laugh at like the murder in the beginning because yeah, like, like wow, wow, it's working, working. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, working. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. funny. It's it's satisfying. And, yeah. the, and the
2: little touches like the teeth as well. he's doing it now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. he did doing, he's doing some. Like, I have very particular very funny teeth. teeth acting there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I very sharp teeth. Mouth acting. So. It's a bit Patrick Bateman, isn't it? Like from American sure, Psycho. Definitely got a bit of those metrics with the the vanity I
3: think Patrick Bateman. know Christian Bale plays a sociopath in that film, and I feel like my character isn't really a sociopath. I think he's just a liar. Mm. And I think mm. like like by the end of the film, you feel for him a bit. Mm. Like he yeah, confesses yeah. to all these lies that he had, uh, that he's doing. So I think he's just like this facade of a person trying to pretend to be someone that he's not. And so I think by the end of the film, he's probably not, I don't think he's a sociopath. I don't think he's a psychopath. No. I think he's I think just like he's just a, a, a sad think loser a horrible <laughs> guy. Yeah, exactly. It's so much to
4: the point that you feel bad for him. You're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, this dude.
3: Oh.
1: <laughs> like you man. do feel sorry for yeah. him. Yeah. No.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I was going more on the like the, the extreme self-vanity sort of oh, side, yeah, side yeah, of things yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. society but, but, yeah, but that's yeah, completely. But that's part yeah. of the deal. Yeah. He's like, I gotta look at Yeah, you gotta wear this suit. Yeah.
3: Yeah. They spend so much on dry cleaning. That's another thing. Like doing the research, agents spend so much fucking money on like the private clubs that they have to be part of to be seen at like it's it is like financially it's a fucking nightmare they also have to work in beverly hills because that's where the top four agencies are it costs a fortune it costs a fucking fortune to live there yeah. and if you start out working at the top four agencies you have to start out in the mail room and then work your way up so you're working for minimum wage and living in beverly hills it doesn't make sense it's so no impossible. so no wonder they're so angry exactly because they have
1: to get any exactly. kind of money
3: to survive so exactly ruthless
1: yeah we talked about earlier um the sort of directing acting side did and you said you know the the shoot ran smoothly. Let's talk about the process then of actually Picking your shots, working with your DP and mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Um, had you planned that? Do you storyboard? Did you, did you just go direct?
4: We, yes. yeah. Oh my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We um, yes.
3: didn't storyboard, we shot listed, and it was really great. Uh we did we had this big white psych room, and Ken Wales, our DP, came in for like four hours, and we just had this long meeting where we were talking about how to get the shots. Just like
4: walked through the and whole he, script he, he like just scene took by scene.
3: Notes of like how many shots we're gonna have in each scene, what the setups were gonna be. And we laughed the whole time (laughs) of like how how fucking ridiculous because we were like, that's brilliant. You could do it. You could cut the scene covered like this. It was just this long form conversation that we had with Ken and he got it. He understood the jokes. He understood the language of the movie and he was a gaffer for 10 years before becoming a cinematographer. This Mm -hmm. is his first feature as a cinematographer. And I think we're gonna have him be our cinematographer for the rest of our lives. Uh, Like he's fucking unbelievable.
4: Whatever you're working on, next one goes, you're quitting whatever job you're on. Whatever bullshit you're working (laughs) on. I don't care if
3: it's Marvel, (laughs) you're Take like, that marble, PJ. Exactly. Yeah, I kid? don't care. We're yeah, paying shoot. peanuts. Shoot. Yeah. Shoot. Whatever yeah, we're exactly. doing. Exactly. We're, we're paying peanuts here, guys. <laughs> but um, funny? Yeah. 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 Um, but no, it, it was it was a bunch of long form conversations. Then we show up on set, and it was very fluid. Like I've I've shot movies before, short films and stuff as a cinematographer, and so we had this set of Panavision lenses that we got uh, as a grant from South by Southwest from winning South by Southwest in 2018. Um, they let it was great, hundred thousand dollar grant of gear. Ooh, so we had what? Primo lenses, Primo cameras. Ooh. It was beautiful. Um, and there were times where on set and it was like, uh, Ken would go like, what are you thinking, 35? And I'm like, 27 maybe, and we'll get a little closer. It was kind of this like- because The 27 is a classic it's, lens. It's amazing. It's one of the best. Because you can get close on somebody. It's still a wide angle, but you get close on someone and it feels like you're in the room in a funny way. So like, we're always talking about that for like the scene, my favorite scene in the film I is one. I think that's when, Deacon's
2: favorite lens as well. I like it. Yeah, 27, like yeah, it. It.
3: it's really good. Um, but there's a scene where my assistant comes into my office and uh, I'm like talking to her, it's like this kind of, kind of cheesy dialogue of me trying to be cool. And then she, the power <laughs> dynamic shifts. Uh, she says <laughs> the thing and it's really funny. But we shot it all on the 27 in wide-angle close-ups like the Coen brothers. We didn't do cross curves, We didn't have over-the-shoulders or anything like that. Right. We just made sure the eyeline was perfect. And then you feel like you're present in this. It feels yeah. like omniscient in this weird way. I love it. I want to make more movies like that. Um... But yeah, it was great. It was like having those conversations with him beforehand. When I would say, "Let's do let's do Coen Brothers close ups on this thing wide angle close ups," he knew what I meant. So it was like, "All right, cool. i already know that language. He could speak that language very fluently." Um, it was really beautiful. It was, it was a, yeah. such a great, fluid experience making movies cool. with
4: Ken. Just going hard, going heavy with the weird stuff. Like try trying weird, crazy, big red colors. I always wanted everything very dark and o- ominous to the point of yeah. yeah you telling me, no, dude, we're not. Yeah, that's uh, We got to rein it in a little bit. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah. This like, is a comedy. In the mix, PJ big. would always go,
3: more wind. More we got to put more wind sounds. It's got to be big. I want to hear the wind. Storm, and, like, ominous, Like dark. He, like, would, he <laughs> wrote it up on the, on the board <laughs> the behind in me. The background. He's the like, we need wind. He's <laughs> 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 like, it's the dumbest thing. Yeah. Like, we right, put wind okay. in, I put wind in. Yeah,
4: you're right, yeah, thank you. Not enough. Not enough, but it's fine. I think the one suffers there, but that's all right. Oh, the next one, I'll have a lot of spooky wind. Yeah, Oh, not flatulent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry the right kind of effect. and
1: let's talk well let's talk it's a good bit.
4: bro
2: labelation
1: it is yeah oh, oh my nice, god nice that's on, it. he's Jesus. running with it's it it's just it's bro writing yeah. no um it's bro writing bro. so oh, man. and then so moving on to sort of uh, you've shot it because obviously we could talk forever about all this stuff and it's great but what our audience probably uh, is true we could go on about the okay. shooting okay, side of it But in terms of the post, in terms of that, you touched on it there. And in terms of selling the movie, let's talk about that because it's something that is, people can get out and make a movie, but then I say you can raise 35 grand and do it, but the hard bit. Sometimes is getting an audience getting to see there. it. Yeah. So let's just talk about that a little bit. Touch on what your experience was there and how it yeah. was different from Thunder
3: Road. And yeah, sure. Wolf. Did you have any challenges because of the way that you'd obviously all it's of that quite confrontational oh, yeah. film. All of them. Yeah. yeah every, every we had every possible challenge. If you're making an independent film, everybody's listening knows that. Of like, it's fucking miserable. It's lonely. You're making movies, uh, trying to make your friends and your dreams come true, and it's you have to carry that. weight it's fucking mm. awful for 16 months. You're editing the film sometimes. Mm. Um, so we finished the film. Uh, I edited it for 16 months. Uh, in prem- in oh. Premiere, yes, I was the sole Congrats. editor of the film um, from home. PJ would come over and work on cuts. He'd like to look over my shoulder, and then the pandemic happened, and so then I would send him cuts, or he'd come over, get tested, and stay for a week, and we'd do edit and stuff. It was great. But then we were gonna mix the film, and we wanted to keep the film as secret as possible before it was made more available. So we mixed the film in my garage, and we took out uh, we we got we bought yeah speakers from Guitar Center uh, for four and a half grand, and then we returned them after 45 days because they have a 45 day return policy um, and we mix the entire film in Adobe Audition so not mm. Pro Tools because I don't know Pro Tools but it's an incredible audio software that had just turned to be 5.1 uh, capable mm-hmm. so so I think ours might be the first feature mixed there. There might be documentaries. I might, wow. might be totally wrong about that, but um, it was not ready to be mixed in 5.1 when we started, and then it became a much more soluble program. But anybody can do it. It literally comes with Creative Cloud, and it yeah. speaks to Premiere. So if you're editing in Premiere, I suggest everybody edit in, in Audition. It's amazing. Um, John Bowers, this sound mixer, came in for five days, and then I had you know 39 extra days to, to do little tweaks and all my crazy neuroses and stuff for the film. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we submitted it to Berlinale. It got in, Mm -hmm. uh, which is insane. And then uh, it got into Tribeca yep. and Deauville and has been mm, kind of 8, playing on the world stage. They basically play at like,
2: yeah. you know, three of the five biggest festivals in the world.
3: It's wild. It, it's insane. We
2: were yeah. incredibly we lucky. We had no
4: idea, like setting this crazy thing out. And we are yeah, very fortunate to get the response we did. We are like, okay, maybe we're not crazy. That's good. Um,
3: we weren't part of the digital programs. We only did in-person screenings. We wanted to keep the film as secret as possible. Yeah. Some of our research says that uh, when there is a digital festival or when films go out, there's like this illegal screener culture that happens in the agencies. We didn't mm. want any of the agencies To be able to see it until the movie was out, and they, you know, everybody could make fun of them to their face uh, (laughs) instead of them, you know, trying to see it beforehand. Yeah, Yeah. Um, then it was safe if it all if it all came out. And then IFC saw it at Berlinale. And they said, yeah, we want that movie. And IFC has put, put out Itamama and They put out like our favorite, Death of Stalin so our favorite fucking movies for the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my buddy Ben Wiesner, uh, who's a producer on the film, was also reaching out to foreign buyers and uh, you know, Bluefinch is distributing the film mm-hmm. in, in the UK. We have a French uh, distributor, but it was all through conversations on cell phones and laptops from going to film festivals and meeting distributors who are dope, who are nice people mm-hmm. and uh, we trust with our lives. And and so it was just this kind of 10-year experience of making movies and being a producer on different films and meeting people at film festivals and stuff that then allowed us to do the distribution by ourselves without using agents. Amazing. And you got some good ones as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. very lucky. And uh, people talk about film festivals a lot, and they sort of say, "Oh, I'm not sure, uh, you know, about film festivals." But it's just proven here: the more you go to film festivals,
4: yeah. the more people you meet,
3: even no. if you don't have a film in the program. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you it's understand. So it. Cause, it. Cause, to go. Yeah, mm. Eventually,
4: you might, and these people could be helpful. Yes, yeah. you know, yeah. for sure.
2: I've I've heard I've heard some very contrary like opinions and I don't I don't agree with them. Like you know, don't go to film festivals, don't take your films there because it will upset the distributors and all this kind of stuff. But it's like you meet good Distributors at film festivals, yeah, so they're gonna
4: see it, it was, yeah. exactly.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've always thought it's like the best thing to do until you've got distribution is to go to film festivals because it just increases the profile of the film, and you know, you get yeah. good reviews, reviews, you get good, everything, oh, good absolutely. people yeah. yeah. seeing about I mean, it, talking about it, like, yeah. and also like keeps an, the film's an life early going.
3: audience. Right. Like, like I mean, I'm still, I was literally 20 minutes ago raving about Cretia and that I saw it at South by Southwest, and it's like I, that I'm gonna carry that experience with my, for the rest of my life. Like, that was so I'm I am the biggest commercial of that film than A24 is, you know. it's like, <laughs> Yeah. Probably literally, uh, but yeah. yeah, it's it's bad. Like going to film festivals, you get to be inspired by the next season of artwork, and you get to uh, encourage other filmmakers to continue to do stuff. I fucking love film festivals. It's such a great place to be. I've missed them for the last yeah. year and a half. Yes, it's um, been so, yeah, so it's satisfying massive.
4: to finally screen it for for an art. O- we haven't been able to really do it. Yeah, so we had no
3: test screenings on, on so Wolf of Snow we were like, Hollow. is this
4: funny? Is anyone gonna laugh? Yeah, and it's just beta been test. Like, we had no yeah. test
3: screenings, and so we didn't know if it was gonna work. We didn't know if the opening scene was gonna be too graphic. People were gonna fucking walk yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they weren't. People are perverts. <laughs> yeah, um, of course. But but it's been really wonderful to, to see it with people and screen at, you know, to Grimfest in Manchester. Mm. Like, oh, yeah. Well,
2: I, we just, I just went there. Okay, cool. Oh, nice. yeah. Yeah. It yeah, we screened it, is, it and it was great. It's yeah. such a nice festival. Like, you, you really get looked after. It's yeah, very, it's very oh, it was personal. so much fun. Yeah, it
4: was yeah. so much fun. Yeah, Did it was really axe throwing. Uh, I didn't. No, oh, I, d- I did. I missed the axe yeah. throwing. Yeah, I was just there for the first time for the screening. But oh, yeah, man. it was a blast. Yeah, Manchester was fun and, uh, and it screened really well. It was a first yeah. time screening for... People like, made him sign autographs. Yeah, It was great. People were so enthusiastic. and. But they should be. You're brilliant in the film. You yeah. both oh, thank are. You,
1: but you really are. You. are. I think that's like, the relationship between the two of you. And it, it oh, shows so cool. I didn't know you were
4: best friends before this. Yeah,
3: yeah yeah yeah, I mean, yeah. there's yeah, real chemistry on. The yeah thing. we showed
4: up on set day one we're like okay oh, hey. <laughs> is this guy gonna be my friend wow. yeah, yeah, is yeah, this go, are you gonna make this difficult yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh no i'm so glad to hear you say that i'm glad yeah. like our chemistry comes across I me mean, we're writing a bunch of other stuff where we're acting in it together and so it's mm, so yeah. nice to have this as kind of a commercial for doing more acting stuff well together, let's so talk about that let's talk about
1: next let's talk about yeah. what yeah. you've learned more importantly from this one that you're going to take to the
3: next
4: yeah.
3: one. Oh man, uh, we've learned it's all bullshit, uh, and that you can <laughs> you, you can actually do it yourself. That's I mean, we've always, we've always known that, but it's nice to have it be proven. Yeah, um, I think. Really, the thing that I learned with this one, doing the Wolf of Snow Hollow, at any given time there's fifty people on set, and like there's so it was, it was like taking an aircraft carrier to the grocery store. It was so big. Anytime you just need a single fucking shot, you you're can't gonna scare get it. some people because it's yeah. so yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a frightening image. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, um, America, oh uh, yeah, you no, uh, can't but, do but, anything anymore. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, but, but 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 no, do, doing this film, we had at any given time six members of crew, and it was like a very small thing, but the movie feels so much. Bigger than, than you know, it feels like so. It's it's just as eloquently made as the *Wolf of Snow Hollow*. And so my big takeaway is you can make movies for bigger budgets, but it should still be this core of very talented people. It doesn't need to be enormous, and it's worse if it is. It's harder to make that movie yep. with fifty people on set yep. than it is to do it this way. Well,
1: because you can't. If you suddenly go, "Oh, I want to move the camera here on a big movie," you're not allowed to do you're that. Not you to touch, touch the pick camera. Up. That's yeah. really there's really frustrating. So many yeah, rules. Yeah. For all yeah. of us there's So in
4: many this rules, yeah, rules yeah, and like yeah. you have to tiptoe around set I, and yeah. everything. We have to like someone.
2: Yeah like to your left you can't ask them something directly because there's like a you gotta yeah.
4: communicate on the yeah. headset to someone over there who then has to communicate them to them it's very corporate and you have to be very proper and yeah mm. it's not a conducive environment That's to Snow be Hollow. creative
3: there's yeah. a moment on Wolf of Snow Hollow it's three in the morning it's freezing cold and I want to get this quick shot of Hannah opening the sliding door of the van it's, a, it's in the trailer it's a very simple shot um, it shouldn't have taken as long as it did but the camera move has to move with the movement of the thing and slam it's like a Fincher kind of thing it's like a, a jump scare opening it was like the visual language was supposed to be there and it wasn't working and I just, it was just like it's an insert just give me the fucking cam- I could just grab the camera and do it and if we were on an indie set and that frustration became ambition in me to be like cool we're gonna do it completely different the next time we're not I'm never gonna want to feel that frustrated ever again and in working with Ken we never were it was like he was working with our tempo it was the fastest fucking setups and I love the look of the film it feels so meticulous and forensically shot mm-hmm. um, it feels like Parasite or something yeah. That. Yeah. yeah, and it has to be on an indie film. Uh, it really has to be quick. You haven't got
1: time you're to mess side. around and go. Well, I can't move this because yeah. because if I don't, if you, you just, just lose the shot, you lose kind of the thing, shot. If you exactly. like, we shooting in this hotel room now. We've now got to turn everything around and all the crew behind. Yeah. You. If you don't pick up shit and move shit, <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. not going to make your yeah. day. You you exactly. Move yeah. trousers. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and <laughs> it's true, you you won't get it. And I, I, an indie filmmaker sometimes don't see it. They go, oh, I'll jump straight to a feature and I'll wait. no, at the end of the day, when it comes to you've got five minutes and you know you got three shots. Yeah. If you ain't running, you're not going to make it. You're not gonna yeah. make the film's going to suffer. Yeah. There's
3: a good quote from David Fincher. He's talking about seven, but he says, uh, you don't know what directing is until you've got five shots left to get and the sun's going down and you're only going to get two.
1: Yeah. Mm. That's directing. You've suddenly got to choose. And what I, I do, they I. At the start of my day, I'll plan all my shots and then I'll know which ones I can get rid of. What's the most important and stuff like that. Was that
3: the same with you guys on this? Was it kind of make We were lucky, we got almost everything. There was was only like one
4: day where we had to cut stuff. The Malibu Uh, house
3: party was, we had like 17 shots that we wanted to get. And then uh, we had lunch and then it was like, we we shot early in the morning. We shot the shooting scene of Raymond getting shot in the front driveway. Mm. And then we're also shooting the party scene. This like art gala they go to um, and it, we just didn't have enough time. And we had 35 extras and Natalie came up to us after we were a little bit slow to get the stuff that we got um, halfway through the day. Uh, and she said, if we go 10 minutes overtime, we have to pay everybody overtime, and that's gonna cost about four grand. And we were like, okay. And she was like, that means that we won't be able to get the lenses that we need. Or like it's something tomorrow. And I was like, oh fuck. We gotta do it. And so PJ and I flipped the script upside down and we wrote on the back of all the rest of the shots that we wanted to get. And we started crossing the design. I was like, No, I can do that in the garage. I can get this stuff later. I can come back and maybe mm-hmm. shoot this thing. I can do that on my Sony A7. We can do yeah, we'll figure that. And like literally doing the building the plane while we're flying it. Yes. Of like, yes. Oh, what do fuck. we
4: need to make sure the, the story thing. makes sense? Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. to land yeah. this
3: day so that we can do tomorrow. So we can make tomorrow happen. Yeah. And we cut probably four shots. There were moments where it was like one of our best friends, Thomas Cross, it uh, was a was a production assistant on the film, or a coordinator on the film, and he we dressed him up in a suit. We we're gonna have this whole thing with him. It was very funny. He was like, being an agent, he was like, uh, you know, people love Tom Hanks. He's got a dark side. And he was like doing this, this whole thing <laughs> that was so funny. And I was like, we gotta have that at the party. We had this bit, and then when we looked at Thomas, and immediately he was like, sorry, I know man. it, I'm cut. Was we mean, we <laughs> uh, yeah. oh,
4: There we oh, go, landed at
3: last. I worked hard uh, for that. <laughs> uh, but but the joke is he's in the film about a hundred times uh, okay. and he does walk in front of the camera so we always call that a Thomas Cross.
1: Oh, like, oh, oh, oh even better, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Good work, good nice. work.
3: And I th- I, that's what it is in the film. You really have to
1: think outside the box all the time. And hey, like you say, you're you're directing it, starring in it, editing it. You c- you know if you need an insert picking up a glass, you can probably shoot that in your house, right? You can oh, grab yeah. the camera
3: Shot a lot and a lot of do that it. kind
4: of stuff. Later, yeah. yeah. So
3: much of the film uh, that's in the final cut is is film photography, but so many tiny things that we got, we did as accents. As soon as we found out the visual language of the film and the edit of like, if you're talking about the Medici family, you can cut two shots of Florence and these big expensive houses. And we're like, oh, it can be like a casino. It can be like a Scorsese edit if we wanted to. Let's do that. This is working for the sequence. Let's do it throughout the film. So then we got like 360 shots of PJ in the backyard using Facebook and then doing 360 shots on drone of the Facebook offices. And all of that was so inexpensive. It was like the least expensive stuff that we got, but it just made, it elevated the movie in such mm-hmm. a way, it, like changed the visual or editing language of the film um, and we were able to shoot that in my backyard. It was amazing. Yeah, I love
1: it. I love it. Um, so just some um, advice for indie filmmakers out there. Now you've, you've, you, I feel like you guys, like I said before, Blazing the Trail and I really do. Everyone has heard about you in the UK. Everyone knows about what you've been up to and what's going on and people are very excited by the beta test. There's no question about it, seeing what you guys are up to. What advice do you think or advice you would give your younger self. Let's do both questions if you don't mind.
3: Yeah, I mean, so. Just because we're in the UK, I feel like I have to talk about this. But most of the times when I meet filmmakers out here, um, they are waiting for the lottery. They're waiting for a grant mm. to come in to be able to make their film, and we don't have anything like that in the United States. And so, so- <laughs> we don't really have anything. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. We just think we do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But 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 in talking to filmmakers, they spend sometimes years waiting for this stuff to happen instead of making something on their own. Um, and in America, that's more commonplace. Like there are more influences. Like the Duplass brothers, who were like, "Yeah, pick, doesn't matter what fucking camera you shoot it on. Just go do the thing and shoot it in, you know, your friend's place or whatever. Um, make it work. Make a studio from your home. Uh, that's possible now." And so, like. It's weird where I come here and I talk to filmmakers and there's just fewer movies that are getting made because people don't have those influences. So I guess like my first advice is to actually do that. Run a Kickstarter campaign, do exactly what the Americans are doing because if you did, you would be far more successful because nobody else is doing that out here. And like you would be, there's power in numbers. Like if you can do it by yourself and create a studio around yourself, you will have a much better career than if an American started doing that.
4: Mm. And yeah, don't be afraid to do weird stuff. In your in your movies, like don't be afraid to tell weird stories. Like I think one of the greatest things for me yeah. is like we swung for the fences on this one, putting a lot of things together, yeah. and it worked. And I think uh, yeah, take risks, do because I think there's an appetite mm. for for off kilter things and strange stuff. And uh, I don't know. Tell your complicated stories. They're fun. And then personally, like what I wish I had heard, um, I think I was making movies when I was
3: younger in college, kind of egotistically, or like I was hoping that the film would get into a film festival, and then like I would seem, you know, progressive at the Q&A or whatever. And I'm seeing this as this like (laughs) epidemic that's happening in films, specifically short films as well, where people are doing it like a public service announcement instead of a fucking short film. And uh, it's funny where when we go to film festivals, Sometimes the film, the films that are winning at film festivals are the weird graphic shit, where it's like, it's something that is counter, you know, against the grain. Um they're
4: fun. Because yeah. they're
3: funny or weird or or bad, or like it's a it's like risky <laughs> yeah. or whatever yeah. to do yeah. that stuff. And that's the stuff that's getting celebrated. And I, I that would be the advice that I would, I would have given my younger self. It's like that you can make something that is graphic and big, and that's what audience is like. Love that. Uh, listen, uh, Jim Cummings, thank you very much.
1: PZ McCabe, thank you so much You guys did fantastic.
4: Thank Thank you guys thank remember you get us. out
1: there and make your film if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well it's your duty to send the elevator back down go out there make your films be inspired by by this please go do it um we will see you next tuesday as always jim thank you thank you for having us pj thank you
4: thank you guys dom thank you
1: no piss off <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> take care everyone put, put your, your trousers back on, <laughs> oh, no. done you're not my bromance anymore no. It's done uh, take care everyone bye-bye Thanks, bye-bye guys. Even if you do have bad ideas Transfer them with (laughs) Good ideas Make Bad ideas Make for good films Do they? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Sprout Boy
1: (laughs) 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 Cartagin Man carcinogen man will come and get you how a carcinogen man can. He'll make you eat all the meat and squish your face if you're a vegetable that produces sulfur from its <laughs>
0: vegetables like from its orifices.
1: Feces
0: uh, I think the jingle needs work. I think this
1: needs work. <laughs>
0: I think you need work.
1: This whole work. concept needs work. Let's just rethink the podcast. Start again. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this podcast on infrared forehead thermometers. <laughs> yes. Today, I like it. we'll be talking to the manufacturer Seajoy about how they
0: made their specifications <laughs> and display resolution. And we'll be talking to Barry, our local expert, on whether you should. <laughs> Measure just above at the top of the forehead or near the brow? More on that later. And what
1: is an acceptable number? Join us in the episode after this. <laughs> this episode was not sponsored by Seajoy, <laughs> other infrared forehead thermometers are available. Ah, <laughs> oh, dickheads.